Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Ricky Warwick. Ah, oh, what a legend, man. This this was one guy. I remember sending the, the message across to him about joining us for a chat, and he got straight back. True legend, got straight back. We were proper excited because, obviously, we followed Ricky for years. I mean... He got bands like the Almighty, and then we got the hookup with him up in Steelhouse um, when he was there with Black Star Raiders first, and then obviously the year or the year after that, dude, when he was doing the Thin Lizzy Black Rose. Yes, year after. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we go into that quite a lot. This is a visual um, interview. I mean, this was done on June the twenty third. Really one. Yeah. This is an early one, dude. Yeah. So I'm not sure how these are syncing up. Uh, as speaking to the guest, as Shane said at the top of it. Um, so this is episode 14 on YouTube, if you would prefer the visual episode. Obviously, this was pre-election as well, because Ricky obviously explains about living in America and go, yeah. kind of goes into the whole Donald Trump and stuff. But this would have been a, a quite a while ago. Like I said, June, June the 23rd, but... Wow, yeah. It wasn't this when... So it was the earlier um, interviews as well. So I think all of us, all the band were, were interviewing Ricky, right? Yeah, that's correct. Everybody except for Shiner. So it would have been five of us, which I know a lot of people kind of said later on into our journey of doing Crowcast. I can't remember where it kind of changed. I think it was actually the Danny Bowers on onwards from that, wherever that shows up within this mix. Yeah. Um, that myself and you started uh, opening the show and speaking to guests. So it was a little bit more about the guest rather than the band, um, yeah. which now you know, the longevity, um, it, it, it works so well for this audio version, uh, for the, for the podcast. Yeah. It's just because there's so many sort of voices in there, you know, in, in and out and stuff. It's just more, um, coherent if there's less people, um, doing, doing interviews. So yeah, it was, but I mean, I remember speaking to Ricky, incredible, influential, um, singer, songwriter. He was talking about his shows when he, that he was doing through lockdown, these acoustic shows as well. Um, yes. I think he's still doing it actually. Um, and we caught one of the shows, epic, absolutely brilliant. A lot of admiration for Ricky. Top, top guy. Incredible stories. Like you said, top, top guy. I think he wanted to join our Crow football team. Um, yeah. So I'm holding him to that. He's offered us out on tour. That was another exclusive. Holding him to that. Um, let's get into it. Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. <laughs> Hello. How you doing, man? Hey guys, can you hear me okay? Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you all. You're welcome. Yeah, man. Thanks no for having me. Man. It's good to see you. How are you uh, how are you yes, holding yes. off, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, really. We're 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 all okay here, you know. Um we've been pretty much in lockdown for the last three months, the same as the UK, starting to uh, come out of that a little bit now, uh, very slowly. But uh, yeah, we've been all right, thank you, you know. Yeah, you, in, good, in, you lost a bit of weight there, I think. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> 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 I'm trying. 
Because Brian, there's only so many times. I've been running. I've been run, I've been I've been running around the block, as they say here in Los Angeles. You know, so um, yeah, you so know, is that where you're coming to... from tonight? Is it Los Angeles? Yep, Los Angeles. So it's uh, what is it? It's two o'clock in the afternoon here. Um, okay. And this is and this is upstairs working on the balcony. Uh, daughter number one is upstairs listening to uh, Billie Eilish, and uh, <laughs> daughter number two is probably. Uh, Stoned in a room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know she's safe. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna love LA. She's twenty years. She's twenty years old, and it's legal here. What are you going to do? You know, so I'd rather she's doing that and getting pissed out of her head every night. That's so very true, man. You know Absolutely, man. Absolutely. How how did you end up in LA then, Ricky? How did how did that happen? Um, love. Yeah. Simple as that. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been here. I've been here, I've been here about. I've been here about 16 years now, guys, and uh, I was on tour with Def Leppard, and I was playing solo acoustic over for Def Leppard uh, way back in 2003, and uh, we played at uh, Irvine Arena, and uh, I was signed to a record label at the time, and I was supposed to go into LA to do promo, and I sat up the night before with Joe Elliott getting absolutely smashed. And it was hung over to hell. And it was a penultimate. I was, st- I was still in Ireland at the time. It was a, sort of the penultimate show of the tour. I was due to fly home. Been on the road for seven weeks. I was hung over as hell. And um, their tour manager came in and said, look, you know, the, the person's here from your record label to pick you up and take you into to Hollywood to do your promo. And I said, you know what, Mark? I feel like shit. I'm really sorry. Record company hasn't really done a great job on this record. I'm going to knock it on the head. He went, She's about five foot eight, got long blonde hair down to her backside, and wearing the, 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 the killerest pair of boots I've ever seen in my life. Give me two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, that, and that was my, and that, that was my wife, and you know, she took me into into promo, and we headed off. Uh, I went back to Ireland, and um, we we know. I thought that was it. You know, I just bought a house in Ireland, um, in Dublin, and uh, about six months later. Again, I had the chance to play a show in A. Flew over, T was over with the record label, and uh, and we just hit it off. And I've never left. And you know, uh, we have a, uh, you know, we have, we have two. I have two stepchildren. We have one daughter, and uh, yeah, you know, sixteen years, married fifteen years. Amazing. That's right. why I'm here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I was the lockdown stuff going on in California. Then is it is it any different really to the UK that you're aware of or? Um, I, I don't think it's that different. I think that they were pretty uh, quick out of the gate with the mask thing here. You know, we've been locked down since pretty much March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. It's, it's funny how I remember that because that's when the bar closed. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, people have, people have been pretty respectful, certainly around where I live. Um, you know, you see everybody's been wearing the masks and everybody seems to be social, you know, keeping the social distancing thing going. The restaurants and the and gyms and tattoo parlors and salons just opened up this week. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, um, but I haven't been uh, further than two or three miles from the house in three months. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody's sort of sticking to the, the regime, which is kind of cool. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Cool. Yeah, we're on a we're on a. What about delay. you guys? What's it like? It's a slight delay in Wales, Rick, because um, we got... Um, we're, we're behind England at the moment, so... Uh, pubs and restaurants are opening on the on July the fourth, uh, but that's only in England. Right. Um, and I think we're a bit behind, didn't we, yeah. boys? We're um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it almost it almost feels like Wales are sitting and watching 
what England do and how and how things yeah. things progress there and then taking a, a decision. Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's how it feels anyway. I don't know if that's the case, but I just think the scary thing is that, that nobody really seems to know where this is where this is going or, or when we'll have a cure for it. And I think that's the thing that, that's the most worrying, you know, and obviously you know, as you as you've probably seen in the news, the United States is in absolute chaos at the minute, and 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 we just don't have a, a leader that that fills you with with any kind of confidence whatsoever to yeah. to guide us and help the, you know help the general public try and get through this. You know, when it comes to crisis, kind of look to the people that are in power, and unfortunately, we uh, you know we have that our soul in power, so uh, that doesn't really uh, bode for uh, for having a lot of confidence. Sadly, over here, anyway. There's, yeah, there's an ele- election this Just year. Just my opinion. Isn't there an election this year? It is in November, yeah. Yeah, mm. it's a, a, November is the election. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. Who knows yeah, he's, an absolute, he's an absolute fruitcake, yep. isn't he? He's an absolute fruitcake. This, I don't know how that man is in power. It's insane. Uh, oh, uh, listen, take, 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 let's take the politics of it and, and, and look at it as a human being, yes. as an individual. Yeah. You, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go near somebody like that in everyday life, you know. No. It's, never mind no. the politics, you know. Everything he stands stands for and what he preaches and what he says is divisive and hate filled and and racist and homophobic and and you know. So I, never mind the politics. Never mind being Republican or Democrat. Take, let's take the politics out of it. Yeah. This is just a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. End yeah. of story. And yeah. it's like and racism is wrong. End of argument. That's it. That's that's it. We don't need to discuss it any further. That's, yeah, there's no in discussion. In my opinion, that's, <laughs> it's just cut and cut. And, it's just cut and dry as that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 100%, anyway, hundred percent. Here's hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Here's I'll probably get the probably get deported now after saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of room in my house, but don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm still only on. A, I'm still only on. A, I'm still only on a green card here, lads. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think what what I found it what I found most mad he he was doing rallies the other day in stadiums, um, and you still can't get bands playing or you can't you know there's no like the American football can't have a crowd or you know what I mean all the sports the baseball's gone back I think and there's no crowds and um, but he's got thousands upon thousands of people in no I mean I mean the, the, this 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 not this not wearing mask obviously holding the rally that he did in Tulsa you know. The turnout was shit, by the way. I hope you saw that. And and um, yeah, it was. Yeah. But what kind of message is that sent? Is, is that sending out to, mm. to, to 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 us, to the people? You know what? It's just it's so, it's it's wrong and hypocritical and so divisive and so and so many levels. You know, and and I have to you know you have to explain that to your children. Why is this guy? Yeah. You know, arguably the head of the head of the head of the biggest biggest country in, in the Western world. Uh, you know, why is he saying what he's saying? Why are we why are we being told to do this? And and, and the, you know, the, the people have had enough, and you can feel it in the air. You can feel the tension in the air. People are just going, you know what? We, we've had enough. You know, and uh, it, it's it, you can feel it with the, obviously with the Black Lives Matter thing that's going on now as well. People are just going, right? We've had enough of this crap. We're, we're you know we're we're gonna we're gonna take back what's ours. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all for it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's stop talking about Trump the twat. Anyway, let's talk about music, buddy. So, where did it start with you? Northern Ireland. Where did it start with you? What was the first sort of stuff you listened to and thought, ah, oh, yes, this is for me? Uh, Inspiration. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, sneaking 
the radio, obviously Radio 1, BBC Radio 1, when I was a kid, we listened to religiously Top of the Pops on a Thursday yeah. night was, was a religion for me as a kid growing up. And you know, the first sort of bands I remember, you know, given my age away here, were, were Slade and Sweet. Um, I actually remember Thin Lizzy doing Whiskey in the Jar on Top of the Pops mm. in the black and white footage. I think I was about six years old when that came on. And that's wow. where I got the bug. And then, you know, as the years progressed, I have two older sisters and they were both into, into rock music. So, they, you know, listening to the albums, they would bring in this, like, you know, Bad Company, Free, you know, Wishbone Ash, Lizzie, a lot of Bowie stuff. And one, one of my sisters was really into, into David Bowie. So there was a lot of Bowie stuff lying around. And that, getting the bug in it. So getting to 12 or 13 and discovering Lizzie, Motorhead, ACDC, all the punk bands. I mean, I was a punk. I was hugely into punk. And then I went to see a band called Stiff Little Fingers play in yeah. Belfast. Awesome. In, in 1980, and I was 13, 13 years old, and uh, it was just it was one of those moments where it was terrifying going into Belfast because in 1980 the situation was, was was quite dire over there, so it was it was nervy enough going into city centre at night with my mate, you know, to, to anyway. But then we thought you know 1500 punk rockers <laughs> crammed into the Ulster Hall, and then this band this this band came on and. My jaw just hit the floor, and it did. You know, it didn't close for an hour and a half later. I walked out of the of the of the gig like a with a vocation in life, a changed person. Going, that's what I want to do. What no matter what it takes, I have to do that. And I will stop at nothing until until I achieve that. And and that was it. You know, life was never the same again for me after that show. It was such a game changer. I think I think punk did that to a lot of kids. I mean, I hear a lot a lot of people talk about when they go into punk. It made it kind of made. Like rock was was wasn't necessarily accessible for the common man, was it? And then punk took it right back, and it was accessible for kids, and you know kids could do it, and you know it, it took it right back to to the grassroots level, didn't it? As opposed to bloated, sure, um, stadium yeah. sort of stuff, you know. So I think, yeah, I think I can relate to you on that a little bit. Absolutely, no, you're absolutely hundred percent right. I mean, it was easy, and I think that. You know, a lot of the bands that have gone before, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I just didn't listen to punk. I listened to everything, to Motown, pop music, to Northern mm-hmm. Soul, and I still do. I just love all all kinds of music. You know, I'll, I'll listen to a Martha Reeves track and, and, and take on a Slayer track straight after it. No, no yeah. problem at all. Um, but for me, it was it was always about songwriting. So as soon as I, I could play two, three chords, um, which is about all I can play now anyway still, is uh, <laughs> I, I just started writing songs, you know. I just... I just I, I didn't want to be the guy that, that could do all the flash guitar stuff. I wanted to be the guy that was, you know, center stage, beating the hell out of his guitar and, and writing songs. And that's what that's what appealed to me about the whole thing. And and punk made that very, very accessible because the songs were so streamlined and so simple and so catchy as well, you know? So, hmm. so, what, yeah, so what, what age were you when you uh, started playing guitar, Ricky? Um, 13. 13. 13. I mean, we had a, had a guitar lying around the house from when I was about six or seven at acoustic, but, you know, the usual thing, you know, didn't have the patience to put the time in and, and wasn't really interested. It wasn't really until I went to that that concert that I was like, right, this, this, you know, shit's about to get real now. This is, I've got to learn this thing. And, and uh, you know, if, if I want to be up there on that stage, I'm going to have to put the hours in. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. No, I love that. That's that's yeah, about man. our age as well, to be honest. That's the kind mm. of stuff that got us into music. Um, like for me, it was, uh, yeah. I, I got given a Green Day record, Ducky, uh, when I was like 13, 14. Great album. 
Um, and it was the brilliant, artwork brilliant. kind of because back then you obviously went to your music your, your music shop and you could see the album artwork. But then I went backwards the same, and I started yep. looking at like Stiff Little Fingers, The Damned, um, The Alarm, just just bands like I sent me down a whole rabbit rabbit hole of of music, and then we started listening to um, Three Colors Red um, in that whole like nineties era yeah. of, of like British rock, um, Three yep. Colors Red, and obviously Nirvana had gone massive, so. Grunge kind of took over our our youth when a Shane growing up, and yeah. I think you were the yeah. same, Dave. We knew absolutely. It, yeah, it was kind of like dipping into punk rock, and then because Lloyd well, is younger had, they had than punk us. influences, didn't they? That was that was a thing. The grunge people were say talking about their punk punk influences, oh, and yeah. obviously that yeah, sent yeah. That, that sent all the grunge kids on a punk yeah. sort of trip, and it, you know. That's right, so, yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah, it's the great thing about music is you, you can work backwards, you know, when you discover a band and. You, that's new, and you kind of go, and then you find, oh, they're, so they're influenced by the Who, or they're influenced by 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 you know the Rolling Stones. You work backwards, and I think that's what's great about it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's two albums for me, guys. It was it was Stiff Little Fingers and Flambo Material, and Black Rose by Thin Lizzy, uh, and those oh. are the two albums today. That's not changed. Those are my those are my you know, number one albums. That if I was left with nothing but those two albums. I would be all right, you know, and and those are like the, and you the sort of textbook for me, you know. Got to perform the latter in its entirety as well, so that's not bad. I know, and that was that was wow. I mean, what what a, what a dream come true that was. It was just yeah, that man. was absolutely mind blowing, uh, very nerve wracking, uh, obviously. But uh, you know what what an honor and a privilege to be able to to, to sing that whole album in its entirety. It was just it was, it was wonderful. There it is. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Just, just on cue then. Kind of look, kind of look actually, like actually, uh, that picture. Actually, I have, I have that record on vinyl. Yeah, the original vinyl of Black Rose. Yes, me too. Yeah, the uh, Oh, that's amazing. Good for you. My dad, uh, yeah, when he was a teenager, so I kind of, I've kind of like nicked it off him. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and jailbreak. That, that, that's incredible. And jailbreak is that's uh, brilliant. The fucking kick ass albums, man. Well, it was it was great for us. We were up in um, I mean, I mean, we were up in Steelhouse when we got to see you do it as well on the Sunday. Was it yeah. the Sunday evening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were up yeah. in uh, we were up in Steelhouse and uh, we we obviously seen the killer lineup as well with uh, with Troy um, and Travis on drums and stuff as well, which it was just insane. Like you know, it's, I mean, you know those uh, those two guys. What I mean, what a rhythm section. You know, it was just it was. <laughs> Just when we went into rehearsals for the first day, and fired the whole thing up, and uh, 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 we just started playing, and, and the way Troy and Scott locked in with each other was just amazing, you know. And, mm. You know what? Just and then you've got obviously Damon Johnson and Darren and Scotty. I mean, what a band! I mean, just to be able to to, to stand in front of those guys is is an honor because they're just wonderful, wonderful musicians. Really are, you know. It's amazing. Damon, Damon's great, man. Damon's great. So is that a great? Yep. Was that a great guitar was, you were playing? It was good. I mean, it's an experience. It was. Sorry. Was that a Gretsch guitar you had on those photos? It is Gretsch, Yeah, yep. yeah. I started using yeah. Gretsch guitars about um, about two or three years ago. Hmm. Uh, They're cool looking, uh, aren't they? They're really yeah, cool. Yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, just. Thank you. It's one of those things, you know, with with Lizzie and, and even with Black Star Riders, you you know, where we are primarily a three guitar band obviously scott and christian are doing doing all the heavy lifting but they've got such a they, they both have such unique guitar sounds 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of the meat and potatoes behind that. So I'm fighting, I'm fighting for a little bit of real estate. And I was using Les Paul. And you, it's just, you're throwing another Les Paul into the mix. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something that had a little bit more of a crunch, even the sort of Malcolm Young type kind of vibe, just sitting behind mm-hmm. what Scott and Christian do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I turned up trying, trying to Gretches and that was it. You know, it was like, hallelujah moment. This is this is the sort of sound I've been looking for in Black Star Riders, so it works out quite well for me. You know, just just that just the the, the sort of the, the meat and potatoes, beef beefy stuff I'm playing behind those guys, you know, and then just letting them do their thing. So uh, I I managed to get a little bit of real estate now, which is good. Now you, you just mentioned Black Star Riders, man. I mean, the first time I come across you guys, I think it might have been 2013 in download, and I think you were playing the Saturday. And I yep. remember just wandering across the hill. I'd never yep. heard of Black Star Riders then. And I could hear the opening riff to Whiskey in the Jar. And I'd had a few beers. I just stopped and went, the yeah. fuck is that? That's, that's a... And then, then he played and then he'd done Hey Judas. <laughs> and I thought, oh, these guys are great. But of course, then I come home, bought the record. And um, I think all, all hell breaks loose. You had a, a DVD with um, the making of it. Because you worked with Kevin Shirley, right? Yep. The caveman. How, how, how was that? How yep. was that with caveman, yep. man? How, how was that process? Did... I mean, it, it was it was cool. It was really good. We we did it here in Los Angeles. We did it extremely fast. We recorded the whole thing in, in twelve days. Um, really? And it was done pretty much entirely. Yeah, pretty much entirely live. It's very minimum overdubs on that. I mean. I, I don't know if I'd like to work that way again, personally, but I think we certainly captured something on that record because of the mm-hmm. because of the way we did. We had done we we done pretty extens- extensive demos before we went in, so we all knew the songs pretty well. But Kevin pretty much just mic'd everything up and played, and then the guys, um, you know, Damon, Damon was the other guitar player at the point. They they went in and just really put their solos on. So I, I remember turning around to Kevin. I said, "Okay, you know, when do we start doing vocals?" And he went, "You've done them." <laughs> and I went. You're like, hold on. I'm what do you mean? What, what do you mean? I've done them. I've, those are just guys. He goes, no, I've got them. You're done. Wow. I was like, okay, oh, all right. Can you, you know, are you sure about this? You know. So you know, eleven after sort of eleven days, he kicked us out of the studio and went, "You're done." And I, I, we were all kind of looking at each other, going, "Wow." I, I, you know, and it was a little <laughs> bit too fast. I mean, the end result was great, and I, I, I love the album, and I think the album album did very well for us. So you can't argue with that, but. It was definitely, I think we were all a little bit taken back by just the way Kevin recorded. I mean, certainly the man's got lots of experience and he's a great, he's certainly a great producer and engineer. Um, but it was a little bit too too fast, you know, because I think some of the harmony guitar parts, you know, Scott likes to spend time on them and, and work on those. Mm-hmm. I think everything was a little bit too rushed, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But hey, it, it's, like I said, the album came out and people seemed to like it and that's all that matters, so. I made the, the fuck do I know? I got the four disc vinyl. I got the four disc vinyl of it. I, I think it was an amazing debut. It really was. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's you know, and I thought it was a thing. It was a thing when we started. You know, we obviously when we started playing live. We only had eleven songs, so we were filling up the rest of the set with you know four or five Lizzie songs. And and the intention was, you know, obviously, if the thing did progress, because we didn't know if anybody was going to be, you know, we didn't know if people were going to dig the first album or not. We just we we knew the songs were good, but we didn't know what the the good people out there were going to think of it. But the fact that they did, the intention was always to ease out the Lizzie songs, 
till till the band sort of became its own thing. And you know, eight years down the line, and and we're we're actually going to record our album in October. You know, I think we we finally uh, finally achieved that, which is which is very satisfying. You know, as yeah. a writer. Yeah. Well, of course, your last album you done with Jay Rustin. We did, yeah. Jay, Jay, um, Jay mixed mixed um second album and the third one. He mixed the Killer Instinct and Heavy Fire, and uh, you know, with a, a lineup change with, with with Damon leaving, Dave Johnson leaving band, and Damon was obviously quite an integral part of of, of yeah. uh, Blackstar Riders. We just felt it was time for a bit of a bit of a change all around. You know, Christian came in. I brought a hell of a lot to the band, um, and Christian worked with Jay uh, with Stone Sour. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, obviously we knew him from mixing the albums, and we and we, and we thought let's let's make the record in LA and let's do the whole thing with Jay this time, and and that's what we did, and uh, it was a great experience. I loved I loved working with Jay. He was he's super chilled guy to, to to hang out with and to work with. I like the way he records. He he, he likes to record a song a day, which is great. So. Everybody's there the whole time. It's not a case of once the drums are done, you know, Chad or drummer would go home once the bass is done. Everybody's there for the whole process. You do a song a day. I would come in the next morning, put the vocals on the song that we did the previous day. We'd move on to the next one. Uh, and that seemed to work really, really well for us. We all, I think we all enjoyed working that way. And we're, we're going to do the next record with Jay as well. And it's I guess over. It stops, oh, you right. getting, stops you getting tired doing it that way, I think, doesn't it? Because you, you, you're not just there for days on end doing your vocal parts or... Do you think he's a bit fresh and well? That's absolutely, absolutely right. You're not getting the fear going. You know, yeah, shit. You know, I've only got three days to do. You know, twelve vocal tracks, and you suddenly have the fear of that building up. Again, it's like you, like you're just saying you do one a day, and before you know it, I mean, I think we we had 21 days but to record in the studio. We were done after 18, 17, 18 days. We weren't the, the thing was done, good, man. So it, did, it, worked, it worked well, you know. Did you did you get did you get an opportunity to tour the album fully, or were you cut short by this pandemic? Or did no, you... we were we were absolutely, uh, um, you know, sort of cut off in a prime with the pandemic. Uh, the album came out last September, and we hit the road uh, October. You know, we did the UK, and we went into Europe, and we did about a seven week run. Uh, we finished late November. Um, and then we were due uh, in March to, to do some shows in the States. Uh, we were just about to announce a ton of festivals when the pandem pandemic really kicked in. And then, you know, later in the year, this, we're supposed to go to South America and Japan and, and what have you. So it just, you know, it just knocked everything on the head. But, you know, what can you do? It's out of your control. So I think that what we decided to do is is to, sadly, you know, we haven't got the chance to promote another state of grace anywhere near as much as we like. But let's get on. Let's get in the studio and let's crack on with album number five. And hopefully, by the time we get that out, you know, we'll, we'll be through all this, uh, all this uh, craziness that's going on. You know. So, yeah. do you enjoy the? What about, uh, you, what about you guys? Oh, go on. We, we oh, well, the same, same thing happened with us. We we did literally one week of tour before yeah. our album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got a week into it. Um, we got yeah. into like number fourteen in the charts. Um, well, I anyway, saw that. Congratulations, by the way. Very well deserved. Thank you, man. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Absolutely brilliant. Really, we, really we good. It's that. a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> people go. People say on the charts aren't as poor as they are. Yes, they are. I mean, I'm, I'm still every time we put it. I'm like, you know, what's a midweek? What number is it? And, and there's no better feeling. So I'm chuffed for you guys because it's you deserve it. Good, good on you. Thank you ah, so much. Thank you, Billy. Thanks. But then the world stopped, you know, and anyway, in case we couldn't tour the album and, you know, yeah. as great 
music was it going in at number 14 we we had so much to do with that album and we still have um i know it's no. going to be a long time till we start touring that album again. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just frustrating. But extremely happy with the chart position and, and the 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 loyal yeah. family is growing and stuff. It's just yeah, the world's no. It's, that was a that was a great job. I think you know what you got to do is you got to kind of rationalize it. When it's something like this, it's sort of your control. Nothing that we are going to do or say sadly is going to change what we can do as artists and musicians it's out of our control we have to wait until it's safe until this passes so as good it as i was i suddenly thought well, well you know there's nothing i can do I, this is it i'm alive i'm healthy my family are healthy we'll get through this you know that, that's the main thing i think i think once you sort of get to rationalize everything in, in your head and, and and put things into perspective then you can start sort of you know come to come to terms with i well that's what i did anyway you know so yeah, I mean, yeah. Staying, staying, like we're staying uh, creative as well. I mean, we're trying to trying to just stay creative and think of yeah. things we can do. And well, this is you know, what not, you're doing. Not, this the podcast. That's a great idea. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's just, just a way, like I said to you, in the week of keeping active and um and getting to speak to people. Like you know, we were hoping to catch you on the road and have a chat to you and and anybody else yeah. who's come on the on the crowcast or or we got people who are lined up and. That was supposed to be the the foundations of the year, as you know. When you get on the road, it's an opportunity to hang out backstage and go, "Hey, how's it going? How did you start?" You know what I mean? You get you pick those pockets of of moments to connect with other bands, and then they think, "Oh, actually, they're not arseholes. I wouldn't mind going out on the road with them." And and then <laughs> like, and then and and then all of a sudden, like you know, this crazy, bizarre world kicks in, and that kind of halters yeah. everybody's plans. So you know. Like Shane said, it would be absolutely horrible if we were the only band in the world it happened to. But now yeah. all of a sudden, bands have a connection because we've all we've all been in the shit, like you know. So, well, um, you know, we're all we're all we're all in the same boat, and you know, I think a lot of people didn't realize, and hopefully they do now, just how vital touring is to to yeah. bands like us. To, to yeah. you know, it, it's not only just it's our only way of really making a living. But just it's 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 what we do. It's how we get our music out there. And people go, well, we've got the internet and everything. Yeah, that's all part of it. But people realise that you know people aren't sadly aren't buying records, um, you know, as much as they used to. Um, you know, everybody everything's geared towards streaming now, and you know, and it was and I, as you know yourself, it wasn't easy touring even before this because the costs were going up on 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 yeah. fuel, on 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 renting yeah. vans, on tour buses, you know. Uh, you know, if Brexit was going to go through, that was going to be horrific for all of us as well. So, never mind the pandemic; things were things were tight as it was anyway. You know, um, so hopefully people will have an appreciation, I think, for 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 artists and and uh, how much is curtailed. You know, well, everybody's way of life, but obviously our way of life as well. You know, and 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 you can never be too dismissive of the arts because in terms times of crisis or anything. People turn to turn to the arts for some kind of um, solstice, you know, whether it be music, whether it be video games, whether it be Netflix, or, or, or you know, they, they turn to that to 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 ease the boredom or or ease their fears or the worries. So, you know, um, we're vital. You no, know? I think we're vital to 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 people's well well being. You know, I think what yeah. what we do do is valid. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, you you you've been yeah. doing solo gigs as well, haven't you? On uh, online. <laughs> I have, yeah, I started doing um, a stage it on a platform called stageit.com um, about two months ago. Um, and I, you know, I, I just wanted to play. I wanted to play. Uh, 
I missed it. I haven't played a show since November. And um, it's a way of keeping me sane. It's a way of obviously earning a little bit of money to keep keep everything, keep the lights on, as it were. Um, and it's been fun. I mean, it's 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 definitely different. I like the stage at Platform because it feels like a gig. You sell tickets. Um, I've kept the, the ticket price down to four quid, which, you know, what's that, a cappuccino out of, out of uh, you know, out of your local coffee shop or something like that. You know, I've kept the prices real low. Um, and I treat it like a gig. I rehearse for it. Uh, I get the set list together. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. It's not the same. Obviously, it's not the same as a real gig, and it never will be. But I've really enjoyed doing it. And the people that have, uh, have watched it seem to really enjoy it as well. And, uh, again, you're helping to support, you know, the artist. You get some people, ah, you know, I don't, I don't agree with the show online. And, you know, I'm not going to watch it. It's not really about that. It's about supporting the industry. You know, if you you buy a ticket, you're, you're supporting that artist and maybe enable him to get back into the studio to, to record some new music, to keep the whole thing going. It's about the bigger picture, you know? So I think that's what people need to, to remember that if you are, you know, paying two, three quid to watch an online performance or tipping an artist on Facebook live, you're not just supporting that artist, you're supporting all of us, the whole industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. bad. So, but yeah, but the next one, I'm, I'm going to plug the next one. The next one's on July the 11th, which is my uh, 54th birthday. I was just going to say <laughs> that, mate. It's your birthday yep. as well, isn't it? Yeah. So um, my wife said to me, she said she should play a song and do a shot of Bushmills whiskey after every song. So yeah. by the eighth song, by the eighth, by the eighth song, yeah. it could be pretty interesting. But it's on July the 11th on stage.com if you want to see it. And it's a cover version night. So if you want to see... Uh, some some good uh, some good drunken cover versions uh you know digit.com buy a ticket it's four quid come and join me it'll be fun what a great that. idea that is that's next level stuff that is like me and ronnie to meet up every weekend we'd have a drink like i don't know if you caught the crowcaster like, i drank a liter bottle yep. of whiskey in the night that's the next level see if we can perform after the drink after drinking <laughs> yeah. people will pay some noise with that shit but 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 what I've what I've oh, watched, what I've watched, what, I've watched yeah. what, what I've watched Ricky over thirteen weeks is the evolution of Shane's drinking. So we, we started <laughs> off we started off having little chats like this or staying on after the crowcast and we drink like a little bottle of maybe honey jack or just plain bourbon or whatever. Then it then it the bottles started getting bigger. Um and then Saturday, he brought he brought a liter to the party because uh, we do similar thing like the Zoom thing and um, sit at home, have a drink, have a chat, and and whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and literally, it was three o'clock in the morning. I just watched him hold the bottle up and go, "Oh dear," <laughs> and that was it. It was gone. Like so, <laughs> yeah, it's going down, it's going down a bit too easy, right? <laughs> yeah, too worrying. Too worrying. You know, I I, I, I don't really. I don't really drink anywhere near as much as I as I, as I used to. Um, I've gazed back as I've got a bit older, but uh, definitely during the lockdown, it's uh, you know, it's definitely keeping back up, but back yeah. up there, you know. Um, the crazy so, thing uh, is though, as, yeah. as, a, as a as a singer, I never I never drink singing. Um, like before, we have a, we have a shot kind of messing around halfway through the we say cheers and stuff. Yeah, but we don't tend to drink yeah. when we do. But this lockdown is just like, well, we're not doing gigs, so let's crack open a bottle. Let's get fucking wrecked. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's it. Shane, it's really, it's, I'm the same, you know, when we're playing live, at, you know, we have a shot of whiskey before we go on stage, and that's it till after the show. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, but I think it's just it's just the the, sur- the surreality of the situation that we're in. Um, you know, is is weird. I, I used to, I'm sure you're like me. You get some days where you wake up and you go, ah, this is no problem. We'll get through this. And some days you just don't want to get out of bed. You're like, oh man, that's so depressing. And, and what's going yeah. on? It's such it's yeah. such a roller coaster, you know. And, oh, and I think it's like, you know, a couple of whiskeys at the end of the day. Great, we got through another day. Everybody's well. It's just it's, it's easily done. I mean, my 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 father was a my father would have a couple of uh, glasses of scotch every night of his life. And. Uh, and he dropped dead when he was forty-one. No, yeah, no, he he, <laughs> he lived to ripe old he lived to ripe old age of 80, 84, and he was, he was a really hard-working man. I never once heard him complain about the hangover. He was up, you know, out the door every morning at six o'clock, and uh, you know, as long as listen, as long as it's in moderation, as long as you're enjoying yourself, you know, why not? Yeah, you know, so anything as, as to get us through through this. Yeah, man. As a singer, Ricky, I wanted to ask you. Um, has it ever been moments where you you felt like your voice hasn't been there, and and you're about to go on stage and thinking, oh man, it's just not. I'm, I'm going to get through this with the skin of my teeth. Like, is whoever had that? Yeah, it's the scariest I mean, thing in the world, isn't it? Oh, dude, it's so scary. Because you just you just think, is this is is it going to go in the second song? Am I going to get through the? Th- you know, when's it going to go? I've been so ill on tour, um, you know, quite recently as well. Um, I think that the year before last, I had a horrific chest infection, and uh, I, you know I'm, I'm taking those vocals on things. I'm doing the hot, the hot, you know, hot lemon and tea and the honey and you know pineapple, just everything. And I could barely speak. And you start doing your warm up exercises, and you get something out. I, I, we started the show, and I remember, I, I remember, I remember one time with Lizzie. Actually, we started with "Are You Ready?" and I went, "Are you ready?" And Scott just looked at me. And I went, oh shit, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do this. You know, your, your heart just drops, and you just yeah. go. And then it's, I don't know, as the show goes on, you start to sweat a little bit. It starts to kind of open up. But there's certainly been, there's certainly been shows uh, that I've got through by the skin of my teeth, and, and I don't know how I've got through it. You know, I haven't had to cancel. I'm gonna touch wood. I'm gonna jinx myself here now. I haven't had to cancel a show due to illness in, in 11 years. Wow. Um, which you know, and I, but there's been there's definitely been some nights where I've been like, this is it. I'm not going to make it tonight. But you know, thankfully I have. You know, but it's it's a, yeah. it's a, just the worst feeling because you know if you're a guitar player, obviously you don't feel great. It's tough, but you can still stand there and play guitar and get through it. But the yeah. likes of you, me, me and you, we're screwed. A voice goes, you know. Yeah, man. And I had to beat myself up. Like I'm thinking, all those people have paid for those tickets. You letting all those people That's down. That's the thing. Yep. Yep. It's awful yep. for you, know, man. You, you just can't really call a sickie, you know. It's that's that's the thing. You you have to go on there, sort of hell or high water. And, and but it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been a couple of nights where I, I probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have gone on. But I think people, are, I, and I've, I've, I've sort of said something about. It. I think people have appreciated the fact that you've actually, you know, you're feeling like crap, but you've got up there and tried to give it your best shot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's nothing worse than pulling a gig, like like you said, it's terrible for the for the people. That, you know, traveled and bought the tickets and the whole thing. It's just it's horrendous for them, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Touch wood. It doesn't happen too often. <laughs> years, Jesus. What no, you thankfully. Sorry. Eleven years. Eleven years. You've never pulled a sickie. What are you immune to everything? That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wish. I wish. No, I was. Maybe, maybe you. Maybe you got like the. 
Maybe got the coronavirus gene in you. Perhaps you could use it. I've been tested. Get rid of it, yeah. I've been tested. I've been tested. And I came back negative, so I don't, I don't have it yet. No, I mean, I, like I said, I've been lucky. I mean, there's been a couple of times where I, I thought it's not going to happen, but but I've been able to get through it. But yeah, you know, it's just try and look after myself when I'm on the road. Just, you know, that, that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. So talking about going on the road and stuff, obviously you've toured with some incredible bands. Um, any sort of ones that stick out for you? Or or a band perhaps you've gone on tour with, you're thinking, wow, Jeez. this is incredible. Um, that have, I don't know, just met your expectation and... I mean, I mean so, so many, all, all of them, um, really. Ronnie, um, I mean, going back right back to the first sort of couple of tours we did with the Almighty, I mean, the first two big tours we did, the first one was we opened up for the Ramones. Wow. And then we, we, came, we, came, oh. we, came, we came straight off that, came straight off that, and then straight off that on the Motorhead for three weeks. Oh, right. come on. So, if somebody sort of pulled the carpet away then and said, that's it, you're done, no more, I'd have gone. That's all right. I got, I got to open up for the Ramones and Motorhead, you know, so. Wow. And, and none of those bands have been disappointing as, as bands and people. Um, they were just the best. Um, oh. I, I learned so much from it. You know, Maiden, Maiden were fantastic. Uh, you know, Megadeth was amazing. You know, it, there's not been sort of one band that I think in 30 years of doing this where I've gone out and gone, yeah, you know, these guys are wankers. I don't want to be here. I mean, you get the, maybe maybe one of them is a wanker, but the other three or four, and I, guess, <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. you know, um, but most of I say 99% of the time, the bands that, that we've been lucky enough to, to open for have been gracious and, and, and amazing amazing people as well as amazing bands. We've been very, 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 very blessed in that department, you know? I, th- I think it is a bit of an industry where it does matter if you're a dick or not. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think, because you, because you, you all got to live together and show each other's other kids and stuff, you know? It, you know, you, you, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? You know, if you're a dick, you're not going to make it in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, I just well, think it's like, What's the point of being addicted? What's the point of being nasty? Somebody just, you know, a little bit of humility and a little bit of good manners goes a long way. Mm. And you know, listen, when we first started the Almighty, we were, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. You know, straight out of straight out of Sweden in Scotland, jumped up, arrogant, snotty faced little cretins and, and I'm sure we had a, a bit of a swagger and some attitude you know we, well we had to have to go along because like, I know that we did have it in abundance but we were always polite to people and we always treated people with respect and we always tried to learn you know from, from our peers and I think that's something that I'm quite proud of and it's never been it's never been lost on me personally is is I, I want to treat somebody with respect that I'd I'd, I'd expect back in return them to treat me and you just don't get anywhere by being by being an arsehole and a dickhead and people remember it you know yeah. they remember yeah. it and, and, and that's that's the thing and, it, and it's the old cliche it does come back around to, to bite you in the backside it definitely does you know it is a small you know, karma, industry karma. when you think about it as well isn't it a little bit of a it's a small industry people know each other you know it is I mean in saying that listen I, I, you know the almighty and I, I, I we we never suffered fools, you know. If somebody was being a dick or being an asshole. We called them out on a straight way, or or took the required steps that needed to be taken to uh, 
subdue that person from being an <laughs> asshole. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I still think I still stand by that. You know, it's only so much I'll, that I'll personally put up with. But uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are seeing. Generally, you find that the the, the people are good uh, and. Uh, and they, and they have good intentions. So uh, it, it's, but it's always a couple of people that spoil it for everybody else. That's just, sadly, that's just the way it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we, we've always stood by the rules of, or we tell tell any up and coming band, <laughs> um, if you're supporting, you're there to do a job, you're there to do your 25 minutes or yeah. 45 minutes. Yep. And the most important thing is to make sure that the headline band gets the smoothest run into a possibly um, because it's their tour and you're there to support them on that and and make it as easy 100%. as possible because it's fucking so many things going yeah. on behind the scenes anyway. Or, what they don't need is a band, you know, going over time or or being prima donnas backstage or, you know what I mean? It's, that's the last thing you want for any, any anybody like, you know, and it is a job at the end of the day. So Just little you know, things, it's yeah. like leave the stage as you found it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clean. yeah. Don't, don't be absolutely, absolutely, and, and I, those are those are very wise words. I mean, I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, humility goes a long way, especially when you're an opening act. And and as you're an opening act, you should be there to learn. You should be there to, to, to soak it all in and 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 learn from you know the band you're, the band that you're supporting, open up for. You know, learn how it works, the whole thing. Um, you know, but sadly, you know. A lot, a lot of times you get you get the younger band that come on and they think they have to behave in a certain way because it's cool and it makes them dangerous, you know. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. nah, it just makes you, it just makes you, it just makes you assholes. That's all it makes you. And I'm far too old. I, I'm far too old to put up with it. So please, don't, please don't be an asshole. <laughs> I, I gotta say, this gives you a bad reputation. <laughs> hey, there what, you go. There's a song was, in there somewhere, right? Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was um, any of your highlights with the Almighty, mate? I know you said about like going on the road with um, Motorhead, etc. But you, you were on, you were on top of the pops as well, weren't you? We are with the top of the pops a couple of times. Yeah. You know what the highlight the highlight for me was was the fact that I, I moved to to Scotland when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. I met Stumpy and Floyd pretty much the first day I started um, high school in Scotland um, in, in fourth year. And you know, there's a new guy from Ireland. He's got a guitar, so the drummer gravitates towards you. The the guy's got the bass. And I was Stumpy and Floyd. The fact that we came from this small town in Scotland. Um, you know, and did what we did. I think that gives me the most satisfaction that we'd sit in the pub when we were a little bit older and we'd plan world domination. We'd plan getting out. We'd plan, dream about, we'd talk about being on top of the pops. We'd talk about touring the world. We'd talk about being in the church. And the fact that that happened and we did it is a highlight of the whole thing for me, you know, mm. looking back. Yeah, that's 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 perfect. You know, because they were my mates, you know, and we just sat there and we just, you know, I, I, you probably the same thing, you know, in, in Wales, you get people asking you, you know, why, why are you wearing that, why are you just like that? I mean, I, mean, I remember <laughs> going in, into the pub in, pub in Straven, like back in sort of 19, you know, 85, 86 with eyeliner on, you know, this is a working class blue collar <laughs> town in the west of Scotland, you know, yeah. and I, I sort of walk in with the eyeliner and, and you, you can see, you, 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 and, 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 you know, the, Having the piss taken out of me, 
you know i mean nothing and never never aggressively but ah you know who do you think you are you guys are never gonna be your bands release your shade i heard you's rehearsing your piss you're never gonna do any you know all that kind of banter that you get yeah um and i think just to, that we stuck with it and uh you know we never argue we just we never said anything we just rehearsed like crazy um um we just uh i'm a great believer in you know um don't tell me show me you know you know so don't talk about what you're going to do to anybody else just just let them see what you're doing and let them see and and then suddenly you know we're on the magazines you know we're in kerrang we're on the tv and so you go into the into the pub as pint was sitting on the bar for you <laughs> and nobody sort of said you know what i mean yeah, and you, you, yeah, you kind of know okay. yeah, yeah yeah you know so you kind of know okay we must be doing something right here you know <laughs> <laughs> awesome man. I love that. Have we? Can we have a couple of questions of a fans? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, please I, do. Absolutely. Yeah. Chart the food down. Um, this one's from Jonathan Hill. Ricky, like you, I'm a massive Lizzie fan, and uh, sorry, hang on, I'm reading the wrong bloody question here. <laughs> like you, I'm a massive uh, Lizzie fan, and a fan of yourself. Having having the honour of fronting Lizzie is it. Hang on, I'm the honour front in Lizzie. Is there a Lizzie song that you would love to play live, but for whatever reason you never have? Thanks for the great music. You know, oh, what a great question. Um, is, what's the guy's name, John? John, yeah, John. John Hill, yeah. yeah, hey, hey John, thanks, thanks for that question. Um, up until uh, Steelhouse last year, there was, uh, but I got to play the song I always wanted to uh, play at Steelhouse, which is which has got to give it up off Black Rose. Um, I've always wanted to, to to play and sing that song, and um, we'd never done it up to that point. So yes. to get to play that um, was was a highlight for me. So uh, yeah, there's there's a few deep cuts on there. Borderline would be a great song to play live. Um, that's another one of my favorites. Um, I'd love to be able to, to play that live, and maybe I'll talk Sorry into doing it somewhere somewhere <laughs> down the road. But yeah, I've got to give it up. Got to give it up was the one for me. And so that's sort of been that 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 box has been ticked now, which is great. Awesome. Sorry, off the back of that, off the back of that question, there, Ricky. Was there any song that you thought, yeah. "Oh man, that's going to be a kind of struggle for me"? Is there any particular song you thought, ah, you know, or you know, I'm quite, I'm quite lucky that, you know, Phil has sort of a baritone sort of tenor yeah. voice as I have. Um, so there's nothing really, there's none of the notes that he sort of goes for that that are out of my range. Um, you know, but the boys are back in town. Uh, Believe it or not, it's, it's quite up. You know, guess who just got back today? I mean, it's quite up there, you know. That's probably about as high as you get. Um, so there's nothing that sort of where I was like, oh man, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to, you know, you know, hit those notes. I mean, if it was, if it was ACDC, I'd have been fucked. I would have, I would have been, I would have been abysmal. <laughs> but, um, um, but thankfully, you know, uh, the, the Lizzie stuff. I mean, the, the real challenge of of trying to sing the songs. Um, it's Phil's phrasing is so unique. I mean, if, if you listen to a Lizzie song, Phil will sing a verse like, you know, da 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 If it was me or somebody else, you're writing the second verse, you just, you, the phrasing would be the same. The second verse that Phil does in a lot of songs is completely different. I crammed a lot of words into, yes, into, did, into yeah. a line, you know, and uh, which is genius. But trying to learn all those little nuances and little things that he does. That was the hardest part, you know, right. um, because I wanted to get it as close to, to Phil as, as I could, because if you're going to go and see and hear those songs, there's no point 
and they go, well, here's my interpretation of what I think. Which is, I'm like, that's fucking crap. It's like, I want to hear those songs as close as possible to the way Phil would have sung them, you know? And that's what I that's what I try to do. I'm Listen, I'm never going to get them anywhere near as great as Phil, but I'm going to try and get them as close as I can, you know, it, it, you yeah. know, to, to to what I think they should they should be, you know? I'm standing on somebody. Great stuff. Thank you. Any more lights? Awesome. Yeah, um, this one's from Yvonne Collins. Have you got any other hobbies apart from music? Yeah, football. Yeah, football. Yep, yep. I've just been watching the West Ham Spurs game out the side of my ass. Why I keep looking like that all the time? There <laughs> um, we are. It's so on now. It's on. Massive football fanatic. Um, my yeah. team is Glenn Torren FC from from Belfast, and uh, uh, love the club. I've done a lot of charity work for the club as well down through the years. And uh, yeah, you know, I read about um, that. Ricky. I read about that. You done yeah. that. You done a gift fund, didn't you? Didn't you do some of their their shirts? Uh, they, 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 yeah, they have a great thing called the Glentorn Community Trust, uh, which is set up at East Belfast. It's putting money back into the community, and you know it's getting boots and shirts for the kids as well, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's a great club, uh, and which really cares about its community, and it's just it's lovely part of it. So football, I love I love reading, I read a lot of books, um, and I, I run a lot as well. You know, I, I go I run pretty much uh, four or five times a week, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've, you know, I, you know, my, my kids are up. I said, you know, my kids, they're old now. I mean, up until sort of a year ago, um, obviously, you know, having kids was taken up, was taken up all my free time because I was on the on the road so much. When I was home, I just want to spend as much time as I could with my kids. But, but there are days now where they don't want to know me anymore. So that's uh, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, that is when just go in the room. Hey, get out. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> did, did you ever play did you ever play football Ricky I did I played right up until I moved to the States I played right up until I was about 34 35 years old I used to play twice a week and uh, yeah I loved it and then just when I moved here um, there just wasn't a team or the scene and just moving yeah. here and then suddenly we're sort of touring so much um, you know I just get older Basically, as well, that that stopped it. But yeah, you know, I, I miss it. I used to love playing. I really did. What yeah, position? Uh, I was center forward. I was always very good hitting the ball. I was very, nice. very good in the air, and, and that was my, my strong point. So uh, I always used to play up front, which I used to absolutely love. You know, um, so probably my my favorite center forward, Alec Coist. You know, I, I used to. I, I used to play. I used to. Play used to, wish, I used to I, I used to wish I could be like Ali McCoist. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Dave. What were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was to say I, I used to, I used to play I used to play up front, but I was actually a defender. Isn't that right, boys? That is correct. We um, <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst disciplined centre centre half you'll ever meet in your life. You it, turn around yeah. and different. like, what are you doing up there? Get back, because obviously the crow's got her own. We got our own sort of uh, six a side team. He was and, the uh, only guy. Yeah, the only got... guy which would leave me there on my own, and I go, I follow fucking football team coming at me. I'm like, oh, cheers, Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the box. Like, oh, Seriously, if I can have to fight. I tell you, I tell you, <laughs> I tell you what, guys, whenever I get back down to your neck of the woods and we get some time off, I'll, I'll, I'd love to come and play for your team. 
Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm coming out to retirement now, boys. <laughs> Come on, retirement. Do, do, uh, 54 year old Stanley Matthews. You know, he, he played until he was like 52, I think, Stanley Matthews did. Yeah, he did. It's been an on. I might be wishful thinking. I, I, it's, it's it's been an ongoing bit of banter over the last year and a half. We've been um, we've been touting uh, Steve Harris as well, mate, because we know we know he loves his football and he gets together and uh, does little football yeah. matches. And we've been saying to Mike Ian Max from Steelhouse, you should get like a, a rock, um, you know, some sort of charity match going with everybody. By and... the side competition. Oh, oh yes. yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You, no, it'd be great. Steve, we on my return to Maiden. Um, Steve was organising matches left, right, and centre, and, and I, I played in all of them on that tour. It was amazing because you know we ended up playing in some, especially in Italy, we ended up playing in Juventus's old stadium against the DJ. So you, you know, and there'd be like four or five thousand people turn up to these char- charity games. And then, you know, Steve takes Steve takes it so serious. Wow. It'd be the, the pep talk in the dressing room and the whole thing. And I actually scored in Juventus's all ground in front of 4,000 people. I've got to say, it was, I think it was more exciting whenever I played Donington or any of the fact that I just scored it. <laughs> but Steve takes it so seriously. Wow. But then it backfired on us. We got to Grenoble in, in France and we arranged a game in uh, against Grenoble, uh, their youth team, and they put out their under-16 team and Grenoble were in the French first division at the time. And I think we were 10 nil down at half town to these kids. Yeah. I mean, we just couldn't even get near the ball. <laughs> and it was just, a, it, was, it, was an, it was an exercise in having a heart attack. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> you know, I think, I think, and, and the, obviously, obviously they eased up the second half. I think they ended up winning like 15 nil or something, but it was just, you know, it was like, you kind of went into it thinking, oh, we're quite good here. You know, we've, we've, we've played against a team of DJs, a team of journalists and, and, and one, and suddenly there's these professional kids, you know, that are fit and, Amazing! I just ripped it to shreds. Oh, it was brutal. Never forget it. <laughs> how is how is Steve on the pitch? Is he is he a good player? Like, it's a great player. Really good. Yeah, like I say, he takes it so seriously. And uh, I think that's just Steve. I think anything Steve goes into competitively, whether it's maiden or whatever, he does it so much professionalism uh, and, and you know and so much detail. And it's like when he plays football. I mean, he's so committed. And uh, you know, takes it really, really seriously. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's a good player, a very good player. Well, if, we'll if have him, boys. We'll him. have him. We'll have him. If you speak, well, yeah, <laughs> you can take him. Those are looking for a game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I keep it. Just, I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah, I'll let him know that uh, those damn crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, take, take, take even, on even like those damn who? <laughs> <laughs> those damn belly. No, he's not. <laughs> he, he will after he beat his team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Have you got another question, Lloyd? Yeah, um, there's a few. There's a few in, but we've you've kind of covered quite a lot of it. Um, but uh, this one's from Julian Davis. No problem. What's your, What's your favourite Almighty album song and why? Wow, favourite Almighty album song. Oh, man. Um. The favorite, I guess, the favorite one for me would be Crank, which is our fourth album, purely because I think the that moment in time, the band, to me, was untouchable as a, as a unit. We were cohesive. We were unified. We were amazing live. There was just no 
cracks. It was just very, it was a well-oiled machine at that point. And I had a lot of fun making that record. Um, I mean, it's our heaviest record and uh, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I think the songs on it are, are, are great. I think some amazing crews on it. I think the guys played out, out of skin on that album. And so that that's probably the, the album that sticks out for me. Um, I think Almighty Song, it's got to be free and easy because it just opened up so many doors for us. I mean, that was our first top 40 hit. And, and you know, when that came out, um, I think suddenly, you know, the, the whole thing moved, moved up a level, you know, in, in terms of playing bigger venues and, you know, being in the charts and all that kind of stuff. It was a game changer for us. So I'll, I'll go with free and easy for favourite song. Sweet, man. Cool. I love cool. that. I've got got by you, Pete Williams. On the Thin Lizzy tour, how did uh, Troy Sanders end up being involved? Um, well, we just, you know, we wanted, we needed a bass player. And we had a few names that were mentioned about it. And obviously, only as we only do four or five Lizzy shows every sort of 18 months, two years now, um, it's down to availability. Uh, last time we went out in 2016, Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith was a bass player, which was, yeah. was amazing. Um, and Troy's and, and Troy's name came up, and and Damon Damon Johnson, you Troy, I'd never met him. Um, obviously, I'm, I, I think I'm a big fan of Mastodon. I think they're a great band. So I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing if we could get Troy and Troy and and all the guys in Mastodon are, are Lizzie fanatics. And uh, Troy was thankfully he was available, and he just jumped at the jumped at the chance, and uh, he nailed it. I mean, he just he just came in and played Phil's bass lines, you know, impeccably, and. Uh, you know, I'd like to think if we do some more shows down the road, that Troy would be a guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was class. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Watching him on the side of the stage, he was like, he's wow. just a great. He's just a good dude. You know, he's just a great musician. I really, he's a bit hang as well. I don't know if you guys have met him, but he's really, a, he's really easy to be around and funny guy. Just, just, you know, just great. I mean, from yeah. my from my eyes, I mean, like you said earlier, um, the rhythmic section was phenomenal. Watching the drummer and the bass player connecting, but all of you um, look like you've been jamming for years together. Um, I know, you, obviously, that's a silly silly thing to say. You've all been jamming, but we all we all yeah. know the case. As soon as you get in a room with different people, it can it's a different feel. It, it, you know, you might not connect, yeah. or you might. But yeah. I, I found watching you all was literally like you'd been in a band together for years. It was, uh, right. it was really tight, and Thank you. It, it was just wicked. And it's not just that Thank the you. chemistry, um, mm-hmm. even watching Troy and 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 the way he was and walking around the stage, and it was just like wow, yeah, he's like, cool. yeah, yeah, he's cool, lads. No, thanks, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I obviously myself, Scotty and, and Damon, have, you know, been a Black Star writers for for years, and Lizzie, you know, so we've we've been playing together for you know, uh, eight or nine years now. But uh, the rhythm section, uh, like with Scott and with Troy, they just uh, they just came in and fit in seamlessly. We did like, I think we did four days rehearsals beforehand. And, um, you know, we were able to sort of almost right, right out the gate do a complete run through. There was no sort of stopping, oh, you're playing that bit wrong or that's not right. Everybody sort of done the homework. Uh, and, uh, you know, Scott and Troy just locked in with each other. And because with the Lizzie stuff, as you know, it's all about the groove. It's so much groove yeah. in Lizzie songs. And yeah. it's almost, and Brian Downey being the unbelievable drummer that he is, he's always slightly playing behind the beat. Yeah, man. You know, just which is which is amazing. It gives it that feel and and the shuffles that he has, and that's not easy to to uh, to get. You know, it's, it's easy four and the four straight. Lizzie's not like that. It's Lizzie's sort of you know, it's 
I'm, I'm dying, and people can see me go, "What's he doing?" But that's what it feels like, you know. Yeah, it's it's no, pushing and shoving, I mean, yeah. pushing and pulling, and that, and that's the that's the beauty of these songs. That that's what makes them so magical. And I think that Troy and Scott nailed nailed that, you know, on on those shows, and, and that's a huge part of of the of the, for me the whole sort of Lizzie Liz, the Lizzie thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, me, 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 and the boys actually talked about this quite a lot um, when we came out the studio about um, the feel of a record. Because um, yeah. you know anybody can put the, yeah. the the click on and play to the grid or or get your your drums snapped right up and everything, but it's it's that feel is the magic. That's what gives you the the energy in the song, like you know, and it's almost like a drummer can be a little bit yeah. lazier, but still on the beat. And then obviously the guitar's got the feel then to go where they go, and then the singer's got ample room to move like you know so i i could agree with you more i mean I, i'm a huge believer in that that you have to have you know the, the attitude and the feel in the songs and i think you can you can tell when a band achieves that in a, in a recording I mean, you know it's it, it's it's so important to have that groove um and it's 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 one of the hardest things to to achieve people don't i think people don't realize it it is like I said, anybody can play straight time um you know well, not anybody. There's quite a few people that can't, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Dude, like, like, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, uh, it's, but, uh, it's about understanding the note value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, and you have that, you know. I mean, you, you have a great song called "Sin on Sin on Skid," which I think is great, and and. Uh, you know, again, the vibe on that song's killer. I was just, I was listening to it the other day. Actually, even before you'd asked me to be honest, um, I was, uh, I was, it came on a playlist that I had, and I was checking it out, and it's killer. You know, and and it's, it's great that you, you have that feel. You know, it's a funny song now, one man, because uh, we always joke about it. Now we used to be kind of like an elephant in the room, like any other band. Um, but that song's been kicking around for years and Shane sent me a demo of it, um, which I kind of put the drums straight down to and, I, and he knows I was like vibing on it. We went to rehearsals and it was one of those yeah. where we were like, oh, wicked, we got, you know, this this is where we are with it. And and it never really kind of, you could tell like it was almost like, oh, the band are not fully on board because it didn't really, it didn't go anywhere. And every time it kind of brought, got brought up, when it's Shane, it was... It was still not kind of getting anywhere. And then when we started writing um, with Point of No Return and that came back, I'm kind of glad in a way, because like yeah. even, even from the drumming point, I went in a different direction. I think the boys took a little bit more time then thinking about where the guitars are going and Shane was kind of pointing where he could hear the melodies going in the guitars. Um, so yeah, that, that one's been kicking around for a long time. So I'm so glad that, well, like I said, Shane finally got it on the table and it was it was heard, like, you know? Yeah, and he's a good five-year-old. Right, so, you know, and you can, and, good and you can tell. You know. Got a good bounce to him, man. Yeah. That chorus. Right, you can tell. Yeah. Good bounce. Yeah, well, our, our process, because um, we were we recorded down in Andy Sneep's place with um, with Colin Richardson and Clancy, Chris Clancy. Um, but we did a different yep. process. So we almost kind of did semi what you did um, with Black Star Riders. So we did it live, um, and we were kind of practicing yep. in a live room. But when we were happy with where the vibe was going or any last minute changes, it was me going straight in, record the drums, um, and then almost capture that. You know what it's like when a drummer's buzzing and the adrenaline's up. It's almost just trying to capture that genie out the bottle without flying out of the out the racetrack, like you know. So we got that down, and then the boys yeah. then obviously overdubbed with the guitars, and then Shane with the vocals. Then uh, at, at the end, like you know, so. 
but we found that process a lot better yeah. of yeah. almost like rather than over demos in other words you know when like you can demo it as we call it where you maybe demoed a song for so long right. that, yeah by the time it comes to the studio maybe a producer will go change that bit you can't really see his way because you love where you've done it you know what i mean it's like that you you can't make the of course change. so yes but yeah yeah yep yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean that's again it's everybody's different i mean you're obviously find something that works for you guys and, and, and that's great um I mean, I think I think we have now. I think the way that we record with Jay for Black Star Riders, Jay Rustin is definitely the best for us. Um, you know, uh, I, I think um, Scott really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, Scott Gorham is is is, is such a legend. He's so amazing. Um, and he has such a great particular way of playing. We have to look after Scott. You know, Scott's getting up there, and and we want to make sure that when we're making something, that Scott is comfortable, and we're giving him enough room for it for him to solo and for for him to do his thing. Because he's an integral part of any band sound, never mind be it Thin Lizzy or Black Star Riders. I mean, you know, to have Scott Gorham in your band is is to me is unbelievable. And uh, you know, I think that way really suited Scott as well. I think he was able to live with the song. You know, doing one song a day, he could come back to it at the end of the day, going, "Actually, I've got this little harmony bit, or I've got this bit." Whereas before, it was just kind of passed too quickly, almost. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, it's whatever I, works, and it's wherever you get the best results. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just pissed off. It's taken me 30, 32 years to figure that out, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't so think you ever stop learning in this game, do? You? Speaking about Jay Rustin, I mean, that's a name I, I would love to work with in the future. In fact, I, when your album first came out, I, I sent Robbie, your bass player, a message saying, like, I really like this. It's, you know, this is class. And <laughs> I would really, especially after you and the Stone Sour record he did as well, I think that's somebody who, who I'd definitely love to work with. And now hearing what you've told me about like, the, his process, I wouldn't mind trying that. You know, that sounds very interesting as well you know yeah well i mean you know next record you should think about it you know he's he's very approachable um you know and he's it's you know he's very i don't want to undermine the game but he's very budget aware as well of what bands would work with you jay's just into working with great with great bands and making making cool records uh and uh, that's what I like about it is his, 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 his enthusiasm. And look, we, we always worked with Nick Rascal in HFL, who was, again, you know, unbelievable, but a totally different way of working. Nick, Nick was very much the, uh, you know, get 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 all the drum tracks done, get amazing drum tracks done, and, you know, add the bass and, and build it up that way. Um, but uh, Nick had some killer ideas when it came to arrangements and, and, and took, took, took a couple of the songs. I mean, it's not like Heavy Fire off, off, off heavy fire, <laughs> funny enough. Um, <laughs> was that arrangement's all Nick? It's, 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 it's all you know. It's all Nick. I mean, it's, the, the arrangement in that song is, is way out there. But he sort of came up with that and put it all together. And we're kind of going, you need to lay off the bong, Nick. You know, this is this is this is a bit weird, you know. But when it was finished, when it was finished, we were all like, wow, you know, this this is really really cool. And it's something we would never dreamed of doing. So. You know, I guess everybody brings something different to it, but just with, yeah. with Jay, I can't. I just can't stress enough. How, I mean, we had so much fun making the last record. I just we just laughed for two weeks. And it's so painless. It's so easy, and, and I'm so proud of that record. I mean, I'm glad that we never we're never going to get the chance to to tour it. That's just the way it is. But as a recording and the songs and the whole process, 
Um, I, I would also go, go as far to say it's probably my favourite time I've spent in the studio ever. It's amazing. Very cool. Obviously, like recording and live are two different animals. But if you had to ch- choose one, say, for example, now you couldn't do one or the other, it had to be one. What would you rather, the recording process or actually playing live? Playing live. You know, I think, yeah, uh, man. I, I think I love being in the studio. I, I love writing songs. I mean, I, I think I like writing songs probably most of everything. Um, I just, yeah. I just love the whole process of writing a song. But if somebody said to me, "This is it. God, God forbid, this pandemic, pandemic didn't go away, and that's it. You're never going to play it again." I think it would destroy me. I think I need, as a personally, I need that outlet. It helps make me think who I am. You know, I mean, even even my wife was saying to me, "You know, this is a lot. This is the longest you've been at home." I'm kind of go, "What do you mean by that?" <laughs> um, you know, it's. You know, because you can tell I'm getting a little bit antsy. You know, I'm needing that release. I mean, the yeah. the, the whole process of getting on the plane and getting on the bus with the boys and the sound check and then getting on that stage and seeing the reaction on people's faces. You just, I mean, I wish you could bottle it because it's just, it's, yeah. it's priceless. Uh, and I, yeah. I really do, I really do live for that. And I think if somebody took took that away from me, I'd, I'd certainly be struggling to replace that in my life. There's no doubt about it. I think you're right. I mean, I love the recording process, but there is nothing you can't. Sometimes you can't even explain to someone when when how, what that feeling is. And you can no. talk about adrenaline. You can yeah. talk about um, you know the butterflies in your in, in your stomach, and you can't wait to hit the stage. But you 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 can't until, like you said, until you realize, until you do it, and you look out to the crowd and they're singing the songs back, and and you're just in one with with this mass amount of people there is, there's no there's no better feeling than that you can't bottle it um sometimes very no, you've just hit the, hit the nail on the head there it is and yeah. like you said you can't sometimes you can't as you said it's hard to explain that to somebody why it's so magical but you know it's all about this you know that's what we live for you know that's what that's yeah. you know it's, people say you ever go stop touring i said well i will well i get tired of that but i can't yeah. ever see me getting tired of that there's nothing better than than getting on stage and and, and as you know yourselves, you write a song, you go through the heartache and the process of putting that together and you argue about it. And finally, you get it recorded and you get it finished and you put it out there. And then suddenly, when you play that song live and you see everybody singing along with it or the reaction to it, it's it's just the best It's the best thing ever, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it just makes you... You just feel like you, 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 you've you've done something worthwhile and, yeah. and you've achieved something. And, and, and that's, that's just a great feeling. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'll drink to that. That's why we all do it. <laughs> yeah. I will as well. I'm on I drink water. water to that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, got one more for you, Ricky, uh, from Alan Thomas. Uh, Ricky, if you had to choose your swan song from the last 30 years, which would it be and why? Wow. Yeah, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Which would it be and why? Um, that's a hard question. I, yeah, I, there's a lot. There's a lot of songs to choose from. You know, I wrote a song um, with with a good buddy of mine called Sam Robinson, who I co-write um, a few, quite a few songs with. And we wrote a song called "When Patsy Klein Was Crazy" and Guy Mitchell sang the blues. And uh, we wrote the song about the connection that we had with our fathers. And um, you know, I was 
very, very close to my dad. My dad was, was my hero and uh, I, I learned so much from him. And, you know, it was one of those things where you, you, you sort of turn around one day and he's, and, and he's not there anymore. And that, that, that's what happened. And the song's about that. And I think that that sums up a lot of my youth growing up with my dad and my feelings towards him and how much he helped me uh, and what he stood for. Uh, so I think that that would be, be the song. If I had to pick one for that reason, my dad was cool. Man. You know, my dad, my dad, I'll get to you. This is a great story. You know, big, big, proud Ulster man, Northern Irish man. And um, yeah, when he passed away, he passed, he passed away four years ago. We're at the crematorium as a coffin is going into the flames. He requested free and easy to be blaring from the speakers in the crematorium. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one, it was one, I mean, I was just, I was sad. I mean, I was, I was, just, you know, obviously so sad, but I had this huge grin. I was sort of crying with laughter through the tears of, of sorrow. Of just, you know, only my dad could do that. You know, everything's so free. It's going in. I just thought, brilliant. Fair play, wow. you know? Wow. <laughs> Incredible. So, hopefully, now when um, when we come out of this bizarre world, is it you you're going on the road with um, uh, with yourself? Is it, or are, are, you, are you going back with Black Star Riders? Or I think I think what, what what's happened, uh, you know, next year all being well is going to be everything. I have a solo record coming out in January. The first single comes out in October. It's coming out through uh, Nuclear Blast. Um, and I'm planning on going out with a band, The Fighting Hearts, to promote that starting around about February, March. Uh, there's also a bunch of Last Star Rider shows that we had to cancel, festivals that we were going to be doing next summer. Uh, there is some talk of some Thin Lizzy stuff possibly next summer as well. So hopefully we get to do all of it. I think that's what one thing I think this has taught me uh, is that, you know, life is very short and, and we have sadly lost a year of being able to get out there and play for the people. And uh, I'm certainly um, going to make up for it as soon as possible and, uh, and, and get, get back on the saddle as it were and get back out there. Yeah. Standing. That's a spirit. Man. Good, man. That's, that's Good, great. Man. Thank you. So We're going to do some shows together. Oh, oh me! No, you talk. Black Star Rider comes down close. Yes, we got some stuff. Yes, make there make it go. so, make it happen. We'd love Absolutely. that. Well, that's, that's, let's, make, let's make that happen, right? <laughs> right, get the whiskey, boys. <laughs> get the whiskey. Get the football out. Yeah, that 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 was Our one of the plans. Forgive us. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was one of the plans. Obviously, um, pre we'd signed to. Uh, new agent, uh, new promoter, Live Nation, and everything. And we were we we mentioned about like doing some shows with yourself, and obviously schedules and everything, making sure everything kind of hooked up. Uh, we are where we are, but that'd be amazing yeah. to um to maybe get something pending down the future, mate. That'd be a great honor. No, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. Absolutely, that's 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 a done deal. That's a done deal. We'll make that happen for sure. There we go. <laughs> do, do you mind signing something to that effect? Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, um, uh, thank, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much for joining thank us you. tonight. The real, yeah. real oh, guys, listen, thank, thank you. What, what? It's an absolute honor, and what you're doing is, is wonderful. Uh, you know, keep this going, even when come out of this mess because it's great and uh you're 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 a great bunch of guys you're a great band and and more more power to you guys 
Absolutely. Thank you, so thank, you, much, thank you, buddy. Thank you thank so you, much. And, and happy birthday. And for anybody who's watching, if you can um, tune into oh, stageit.com and um, buy a ticket. It's only £4 to watch yep. Ricky on his birthday. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm joining you. Stageit.com. Tickets are on sale now. Come and, come and have a whiskey with me on my birthday. Virtually. Yes. 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 There you <laughs> go, yes, Ricky. Guys, thank you. Take, take care. Keep in touch, man. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. All right. See you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, man.